Ladies and gentlemen, good evening and welcome inside the latest edition of Across the Caps. It is 10.29 p.m. Eastern Time on Monday. Had Sean Pebbles on earlier today. We talked about the tough game against the Jazz. We talked about All-Star Weekend. The Cavs may have a few names in there later on. And, of course, about the many talented guys they have. And then tonight, Cavs had a game, one against the Bucks. Did not go exactly how we wanted. Quick statistical recap. We'll introduce tonight's guest to talk about that game and preview the next one against another Central Division opponent. Got a 20-burger from Lowry Marketing. Good to see us. He'd been mostly in the teens. Another 25-9 and nine for likely all-star Jarrett Allen on an off night for Darius Garland. Still managed 10 assists. Coro got just 18 minutes. Lamar Stevens, six points in his place in the second half. Kevin Love, five triples. Ricky Rubio, nine assists. Introducing the host of Brownstown USA, big Cleveland Cavaliers fan as well, of course, L.A. Broadus. First question before we talk about the game is, how are you on this Monday evening as the weather starts to get colder and we're starting to see some snow now? Um, I'm doing fine. And, and first of all, thank you for reaching out, um, having me on the show. I'm definitely honored to be able to grace uh, th- this show, um, a show that I've, I've subscribed to you guys, you know, so make sure you subscribe to it on Apple or wherever you listen to your podcast on very good podcast. I, I definitely listen to it and make sure that it's a part of my daily life. Um, so I'm definitely honored to be on this show and um, I'm staying, I'm staying toasty, you know, uh, the heat is on. Uh, as as they say in the song, you know the heat is on, um, <laughs> and, and I I I'm definitely enjoying the heat. Um, and when I gotta go outside, you know, uh, you know how we do it uh, up here in uh, in Northeast Ohio, we go out in the boots and the and the sweatpants and stuff like that, you know. So, um, you know, I'm just trying to stay warm as all possible because I don't like the cold, but you know we are from the cold, so I get it. Yeah, I appreciate the kind words about the podcast for sure. So I hope that when you give it a rating, I only get a two, an honest two, an honest two, because I didn't have you on until today. (laughs) But but nevertheless, nevertheless, you know, as most people know, I'm not in Ohio. I'm probably one of the only big Cavs fans. I might be the only Cavs podcast that's hosted by someone that's actually never set foot in the state because the last time I was supposed to, it never happened. But I will say this. No snow in New Jersey yet. We're supposed to get it Wednesday. It was 60 degrees today. Got got about an hour of outdoor hoops in on a very oddly rainy night. But, you know, a, a weird day pretty much sums up what we saw in the basketball court, L.A., because the Cavs didn't win. But there were some oddities, you know, whether it was Lamar Stevens coming in and knocking down back-to-back threes. I'd mean, love to see it, but wasn't expecting it. Whether it was DeMarcus Cousins playing as much as he did or Giannis Antetokounmpo turning into to Kobe at the end of that game? Like, what, what was that? You know what? When I had to look at it and, and, and just honestly assess it, I was like, man, the Cavs are really playing Giannis well, you know, on his birthday, uh, you know, you know, he always wins on his birthday. He, like he has a perfect record on his birthday, which is, which is odd. Uh, but, it, but it is what it is. And, uh, you know, I mean, he stepped up and did what a true superstar does. And he, he, you know, he put it away for his team later on in the game. And I mean, that's what we expect. And that was one of the things, you know, leading into this game that I was really puzzled with. You know, I tweeted out earlier today. I said the Cavs got a game tonight, but I'm really, really interested in to see how the Cavs guard Giannis. And they really did a good job for the most part, um, you know, until the fourth quarter came and 
and he he did what he had to do. I mean, stepped up and 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 was a was a superstar. Yeah, on a day where he only shot nine of nineteen. Actually, okay, I'm just learning now that he had five fouls. I was wondering why they held him out for so long. I had absolutely no clue he was in foul trouble because we never really got much foul mentions from the broadcasting crew tonight. Right. Uh, I mean, take a look at some other Bucks numbers uh, today. I learned, and I'm someone that keeps up with every transaction. I had no clue Wes Matthews was back in the NBA. I was trying to figure out who that was, and yeah, there, there's Wes Matthews on the Bucks for a second time. Probably happier this time than last time because he was terrible during his last tenure. Probably one of the main reasons they didn't win the East and lost in round two. But you know, well, look, not, look, not to interrupt, but I was surprised that Cavs legend Rodney Hood was on the squad. Ah, so that's okay. See, I Rodney Hood was it was weird. They're off season. So you remember how the Warriors signed Otto Porter pretty yeah. early? So the, the Bucks signed Rodney Hood at the same time. I knew he was there, but his minutes have been weird. They just decided to stop playing Jordan Wara, which eh, you know, my original fantasy name before the season was you can't score on Jordan Wara. But obviously, <laughs> if, he, if, he, if he doesn't see the court, if he doesn't see the corda, it doesn't matter. No. But, you know, I look at their bench. It was it was weird. I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm happy for Javante Smart. He had a couple of nice moves. I don't know a ton about him. I know he came from LSU. Right. But, you know, Pat Connaughton did some big shots in the fourth quarter. And I think that, you know, th- this is one of those cases you can't be mad about the loss. Chris Middleton was held in check until the fourth quarter. We had four straight buckets. Drew Holiday kind of looked like what we expected and then Bobby Portis on a night where he shot four of 12 still managed 16 rebounds and a plus 13 net rating I think what this is LA and tell me if I'm wrong I think this was the Bucks chemistry they've been red hot of late and it's their 10th win in the last 11 games this is now their what sixth straight seventh straight win over the Cavs and the head-to-head I think that this is just a team that we got at the wrong time and unfortunately on the second end of our back-to-back yeah, and and that and that's really what it boiled down to. You know, I I noticed like at the beginning, like it just it wasn't that Cavs team that we're used to, that bouncy, energetic team. It kind of seemed like they were like really, really sluggish. You could tell that that game last night against the, uh, um, you know, the Utah Jazz, like kind of really took it out of them a little bit, and so we didn't see that that energy, you know, coming out. And, you know, looking back at the stats and everything like that, like, and I'm, I'm, I am absolutely elated by the way Jared Allen is playing, right? But if Jared Allen is your leading scorer, I don't really see too many wins behind that, if you know what I mean. No, especially in the modern NBA where big men usually get less touches. But, hey, he shot the ball 12 times. He didn't miss a free throw. And, you know, the only thing that's that's wrong with tonight's picture is that Lowry Markin is the only starter with a positive net rating. And Jetty Osman, other than, than the two baskets early in the fourth, kind of shot the Cavs out of this game. I just think that – and last note here, and a, a quick word from DraftKings LA, is when it was a two-point game, the Cavs had won that challenge to get possession back. They shouldn't have had to use it, but it is what it is. You know, you can't go back and whatever – I feel like they just didn't run anything and they thought they just hit some quick threes. I think if they had moved the ball, gotten a better look and not rushed it, they eliminate transition for the Bucks. maybe get some looks themselves, tie or take the lead, and we get a different finish. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and, and real quick, too, is that I do not like the NBA challenge type rule or whatever like that. Like, if you challenge something and you're successful – like, why do I have to lose a timeout? Why can't I not challenge again? 
like, I mean, they should adapt what the NFL is doing when it comes to challenges. It makes no sense at all. Uh, so that that is that is kind of like a pet peeve of mine. I'm not saying that the game would have changed regardless, but just a little pet peeve of mine right there. No, I'm okay with that. And we'll come back in a second after a word from DraftKings. Football fans, I'm sure we all have an action-packed high-scoring NFL game. But with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, it'll be a winner once a single point is scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score, except the Texans, can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If it's not yet available in your state, you can still get in on the NFL action because everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest, which is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required. One per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, so we're back. Zach Weiss joined by L.A. Broadus talking about the Cavs versus the Bucks. As we wrap up from this game, L.A., what are some things from the Cavs that you really didn't like? Obviously, Jared Allen being the leading scorer, but what are some of your pet peeves from this game that you think may have contributed to the loss? Uh, one of the biggest pet peeves that jumped out is the fact of that teams are recognizing that Okoro is not really offensively doing well. And they are they they are like backing up off of him and daring him to 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 shoot or to score, and Okoro is not really taking advantage of it. I mean, I I know that he he, he shoots it, and then it kind of seems like when it go when it when it doesn't go in, then he starts to lose his confidence, and then he's like, okay, I'm not gonna shoot anymore, you know. And then he passes it up, dribbles in, you know, passes it out. This, that, and other. I mean, for you to be a starter, you got zero points. They only played him 18 minutes in this game. So that tells you right there that he was definitely a weak link in this game. And for him to be as dynamic as he is defensively and as far as how he is hustle-wise and just all the other intangibles besides offense, right, that is one thing that stuck out to me as a sore thumb. Like, I'm like, man, Okoro, you got to – at least because uh, I remember getting excited a couple of games ago, you know, where he had a wide open three or not a wide open three, but he had a contested three. He dribbled in uh, and took a mid range jumper and went down. It was pretty right. And yep. and I was like, OK, maybe he's starting to get it. And I and I tweeted this before I say, you know, I would love to see Okoro, you know, maybe take some more mid range, you know, jumpers. And then also I like to see Okoro do what he does best because offensively when we drafted him I knew I, I knew off the top of my head that yeah he might not be a dynamic open you know wide open three-point shooter but his strength was slashing and attacking the basket but we're not even seeing the confidence behind that either and I don't think he took advantage of that at all this game um, or even the, you know, uh, the last game, it, it, it kind of seems like it's like he's still 
thinking too much when it comes to 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 handling the ball offensively, and it's starting to become a really really big issue, especially with Colin Sexton not being here. Yeah, definitely missing Sexton. But here's what I will say about Coro before this game. I feel like LA, there's maybe one to four good takes a game from Okoro, whether he's getting it half court or the top of the key, where he's going all the way to the basket to get the layup. And I felt like with the size of Portis and Giannis combined, I don't know, Portis isn't what you call a big, big man, but I think the two of them together made it very hard for him to find the space. I felt like if you see someone with Giannis's length, I mean, there was that one take where he thought he had it, Giannis just destroyed him. And I feel like that took away any confidence he still had. It's hard. And yeah, his offensive game is bad, but if this was a decade ago, you know, maybe we'd be seeing Tony Allen, you know, getting up to something differently, but you know, it's the modern age. And if you can't score, you can't play, especially LA. I mean, we all know it's a shooter's league now. So I think it's a cause in the wrong era, unfortunately. Which I get that, but at the same time, like, if you know that you're going against somebody that's long, lengthy, and stuff like that, like, you have to – you. what I want core to learn, and, 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 you know, I might have to backtrack a little bit, but what I want core to learn with the fact that he knows that he can drive to the basket is learn how to draw them fouls because that's one of the biggest things that jump out to me as far as with our guards in general, right – it was Colin Sexton at times, Garland at times, and Okoro at times. They would drive to the basket and they just throw up some wild shot and get it blocked, of course. But they they have to learn the fact of being able to go to the basket and then draw the contact, you know. And I don't think that we're seeing that as much. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, there, he does have some work to do. His role is very different with Colin Alf. He was supposed to be the sixth man this year. Obviously not the case. You know, we'll see what does end up happening. But here are my final takeaways from the game. Cap shot 19 for 20 at the line. That's brilliant. 27 assists on 35 baskets. Greg Popovich calling them once or twice a week now to tell them how to pass even better because that's incredible. Another nine assists. Ricky Rubio was great, and no player picked up more than three fouls in the game. Again, biggest thing for me, though, marking in plus eight. No other starter, positive net. Garland, three for 12, coming off back-to-back 30-point games. He was being guarded by Drew Holiday. I'll cut him a little slack, but. Yeah, that was going to be a tough matchup. And I'm also sad real quick, too. Um, I'm also sad that Evan Mobley's blocking streak has ended tonight as well. (laughs) Yeah, I think uh, from what John Michael said, 13 in a row is the longest since Hot Rod Williams. So RIP and shout-out to the great Hot Rod Williams. Wish he could have been in Cleveland a little longer and his career went on, you know. Him and uh, him, and Brad could have played into their advanced age. Same with Mark Price. And I bet the Cavs had won a title before James came to Cleveland, with how good they were and how healthy they were. But we could we could reminisce another time. But it's just <laughs> crazy that Darty retired in his twenties. I mean, I also didn't know that he started college a full year early. That he was drafted at what twenty or twenty one. I think he was sixteen when he started college. I'll have to double check that. I was told that not that long ago. That no, I'll confirm it now that he still did four years. So we're going to, we're going to check this right now. How, okay. Brad Doherty was drafted in 1986. Okay. His wait a minute. Brad Doherty was wait. Yeah. He was 16 when he started college. That's great. I see. I thought it was 17. Maybe that's crazy. So he had, he, he, back when everyone went four years, he still came into the NBA at 20. 
I mean, we knew he was special though. So, mm. man, I, and I don't actually don't know. I, I would assume this a yes. You were around for Donnie's years, right? I like you're probably much older than I am. Dang, little, really? That uh, like man, that's what you that's what you do to bring <laughs> people on and assault them. <laughs> Okay, wait a minute. Uh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay, wait. All right. Let me. I'll go early thirties then. Uh, I'm 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 mid thirties. Uh, uh, that's but, my mistake. That's my mistake. But you got you got ten years on me, maybe eight to ten years. I'm I'm in, I'm in my late twenties technically now. I I passed the mid. I'm twenty six. Okay. 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 Yeah. Ten years. So, um. Yeah. I don't really. I don't really remember that like that. Like I was like around, but I wasn't like plugged in as far as like you know watching watching like that uh so so nah i didn't i didn't see i don't remember darty like that <laughs> okay do you remember him in the movie eddie from 1994 no okay well eddie great movie uh, might, some might not view it as a great movie you know uh, Whoopi goldberg becomes the coach of the knicks and they play the Cavs oh. in one of the games Okay, 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 okay. And then there's a whole scene with the Cavs playing. Brad Darty gets a little bit of airtime. I think he had a couple of lines too. So that, that probably set him up for his NASCAR gig and his Cavs commentating gig. But nevertheless, getting back to the modern age, and par- pardon my quote unquote disrespect on the age. I mean, mid 30s is great, obviously. I'm glad I'm not there yet, but I do feel old in any conversation one, one now that I'm past 25. So. <laughs> Look, I was just like, look, man, I mean, we got to take the gloves off and meet somewhere, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, midway or something like that, yeah. you know, we can get it going. But uh, no, nah, I'm just playing. Um, nah, you, you know, like uh, we all know what happened with that with that old Cavs team. And, you know, it just happened to be a stopper there uh, by the name of Michael Jordan. Um, and it just it just is what it is, you know, and. You know, it happens to be those kind of superstars that that come throughout the league, you know, here and there that just stops people. Uh, you know, LeBron James is another name. You know, there there's there's plenty of people out there. Kobe, you know, there's people out there that you know that 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 just stop people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because there's so many different great players that could have won something. You know, the Charles Barkleys of the world, the Reggie Millers of the world. They could have won something, but they just kept running into that one thing and they just couldn't get over the hump. Yeah, you know, that song, One Thing by Amari, which is played at many basketball arenas and during workouts, you know, it, it all it all ties back. It's that one thing that gets you going. It's that one thing that just keeps you, you know, and absolutely. And obviously taking off the gloves just means we're going to bring it in for a real one because you can't can't bring it in properly if you have gloves on. So that's that's the real reason we're taking the gloves off. There's no there's no hard feelings out here, but <laughs> Well, LA, we got the Chicago Bulls coming up on Wednesday, and I'm looking at their box score against the Nuggets because obviously watching the Cavs tonight did not see their game. And here's some of the things that jumped out at me. They allowed the Jokic triple-double, but it meant nothing because they won by 12. You know, uh, A.O. Desanmu made his first start, 42 minutes, 11 yeah, points. That's 42 minutes, 11 points, six rebounds, eight assists. He's a guy that obviously comes from the University of Illinois. He's familiar with the city. Very impressed by his efforts. He's going to play a big role in their next game. Lonzo Ball had to play 40 minutes. He had 20 and 10. That's points, rebounds with four assists. Eight assists to go with 32 points. Akavina, I think, still playing with a bad thumb, 13 of 23. Vooch, eight for 24. And look at their bench rotation. That actually has me feeling very confident for Wednesday. All The only guys that played the regular minutes because Javante Green, Kobe White, and DeMar right now at health and safety. Although DeMar could clear. We're going to assume he doesn't. 
but he could clear in time if he tests negative twice in 24 hours. Of course, they lost Pat Williams, and then not having Caruso was huge. But I think they're using Troy Brown, Matt Thomas, and Tony Bradley versus the Cavs. We're probably going to bring in Jetty, Kevin, and then what, Ricky, maybe Lamar in their next game. Has me confident about that. But what, how do you think if the Bulls do their Levine, DJJ, Vooch, Desan Mulanzo lineup, how do we stack up? How do the Cavs stack up in, in that potential matchup? Well, honestly, I kind of like the I kind of like our length against them. Um, you know, I think that we can actually get back to what we do as a Cavs team, um, because that that's the that's the crazy thing too. You know, facing the Utah Jazz, uh, facing the Bucks, both of those teams are big, just like us, right? Yeah. Um, and then they're big, but they kind of have some some players that are are a little bit more skilled because you know they're veterans. They've been in the league a little bit longer. So, uh, you know, they gave us issues. But I think against this team, the Bulls, I think we match up a little bit better because we can use our strengths against them and, and really impose our will. Uh, the, the person that I'm – the two people that I'm actually very, very worried about is, of course, Lonzo Ball, um, because he, he is a big guard and he sees the floor very clearly. And, you know, of course, when it comes to our guards and, and facing bigger guards, that's not – very good for us right so yeah i think yep. that uh ball and i think that levine uh that 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 may be an issue but other than that i think that we can definitely exploit the interior uh definitely have a a, a plus in the paint um against them because we like i said with Allen and mobley i think we can definitely um exploit that and then also too being able to get a night off you know to be able to rest and stuff like that that's going to be huge as well uh, for us to get some rest too. So um, I think that this game is, is, is winnable. Um, I really haven't seen a game that I said, you know what, they're just going to lose. Um, tonight might've been like that. Like I came in to tonight thinking like, I don't know if we're going to win this one, but to see the the resilience and the battle in them, I'm just like, okay, you know what? This Cavs team is going to be in it when anybody, it seems like, you know, not too many blowouts have happened this season, um, even though we've given people blowouts. Yeah. But mm-hmm. no, no, but um, but yeah, but yeah, no, I, I, I like this matchup with the Bulls. I, I'm, I'm feeling I'm feeling very confident with that. Yeah. You know, uh, Chicago has been solid. One thing about Lonzo Ball, you know, checking the stats, I believe he has seven consecutive games with multiple threes. Now he's really found his outside touch and it's very odd. You know, yeah. the, the stat to me, that's crazy. So all the guys in the Anthony Davis trade and the guys at Lakers traded, you know, between Julius Randle, D'Angelo Russell, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, Lonzo Ball, the five of them have made the playoffs a combined. So Randle's been there once, Russell's been there once. That's it. And none of them have won a playoff series before. And then none of the guys in the Anthony Davis trade have made a postseason wherever they've gone. Ingram and Hart together. Yeah, Lonzo together, which is just nuts. So I'm very happy to see Ball in Chicago. It was obviously worth the quote-unquote tampering charge that cost them that one second-round pick. Man, man, they freaking said, you know what? You know what? All you got to do is just give up a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. We good. And I was just like, like, really? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're not going to find them. You're not going to – I mean, like, that was the – that was probably one of the weakest things I've ever seen, especially for how long they investigated it. Like, it just didn't make sense that y'all investigated it that long 
and then all of a sudden y'all just concluded to yeah just give me a second round pick like that that was straight that was straight bs so you know what's gonna happen what? teams gonna do teams gonna do it again <laughs> well i will say i will say this though the bulls would not have ao Desanmu if they did not have their second round pick this year you know jordan clarkson never oh i forgot about jordan clarkson okay he's the exception for x laker that's that's had playoff success finally winning one last year going to the finals with the Cavs, but they wouldn't Cavs have Cavs Cavs Le- yeah <laughs> Cavs legends in his second third and fourth years or second and third years i don't i think he was traded during his third year first year he was a bench legend you know shout out guy the guy waving the towels and smacking lebron the hardest to give him the biggest motivation <laughs> he, he, he didn't have look I, I was very happy for for both rodney hood and jordan clarkson when they did get traded in the yeah. sense that they'd have a better opportunity you know one the one guy i wish we had and i don't think it's going to happen although maybe because houston's not playing him anymore is david nawaba one of the guys that uh, I, yeah. I wish i wish yeah. chicago and the lake and the lakers both know exactly where we're coming from he brought great effort while he was there yeah but he just didn't stay you know, free, free David Nawaba. I mean, they're playing everybody else over him. Every other guy on that roster is getting minutes now, except for Dyshawn Nix. I don't know much about him, but you know, they've been given look good for Josh Christopher, but he's only 19. Let him learn from David Nawaba, but not nonetheless. Here are my other thoughts on Chicago and where I think we can win. Keep Levine under 30, you know, you, you got to find a way to use the screen as much as possible to keep Lonzo off of Garland and attack Vooch inside because he's a very one-dimensional center. I'm not going to throw shade on a guy that's put up 20 and 10 for about six straight years. He's been one of the most consistent. He's been an all-star. He's been in the playoffs several times. But Nikola Vucevic does not make his money on defense. He makes it on the perimeter where he went three of eight from deep tonight. He makes it in the mid-range where he's always had the touch. And in being a guy that pick and pops can be frequent with, which the Cavs might have a hard time with. But then you throw him in the paint on the other side of the court. Jared Allen is really banging with Giannis getting buckets. He was banging with Gobert and getting buckets. I mean, Vooch is no, no more special than those guys are in the paint. So he'll get his, his. And I think Evan Mobley is going to have a mega size advantage. So all those plays tonight where he passed the ball instead of taking the shot, I think we're going to see him come back and shoot it. So LA all said and done. Will the Cavs? drop to 500 by losing to the bulls or will they take them down and keep their winning record to four and push it to 14 and 12. You know what? I'm going to go on a limb and, and go ahead and say that they, that they beat the bulls, you know, um, as the hashtag says, let them know. I think that, uh, that they're going to come out there. They're going to bounce back. That's the one thing that I love about this team is that they are locked in. Um, I know that you've seen the videos and stuff like that. You might've even posted it on Twitter as well, but uh, you know, the one thing I like about Evan Mobley is that he uh, he is locked in. You know, when they announced him as being rookie of the month or whatever like that, you know, everybody else was celebrating, jumping around, smiling and stuff. And he was just like, yeah, yeah, okay, cool. You know, and he's locked in. And, you know, even Jared Allen has some comments, you know, in his um, presser saying that, you know, I'm just staying on, I'm just staying on young dude, telling him to, you know, keep pushing it forward because, yeah, you might have got the month. But we're trying to get you the rookie of the year. We're trying to, you know, we're we're looking at things bigger than that. So I just like his resolve. I I, I like his composure. Um, yeah, he he's not he's not the most polished right now, but I mean that's what you expect from a rookie. But 
at the same time, like he's leaps and bounds further than what I ever thought that we could expect out of him right now. Like, um, so, so, um, I really think that, uh, he bounces back. I think that Darius Garland bounces back because we've seen, um, an offense output by him tonight that was just not characteristic of Darius Garland, but he was still engaged the entire game, which is one thing that I love about him. So, I think with all that being said, I think he bounces back as well. I think Evan Mobley bounces back, and um, I, I'm, I'm looking at a Cavs victory. Yeah, you know, you know the old how the song goes. Two nights ago, I took an L, but tonight we bounce back because the Cavs have a day off tomorrow, so they can't use the real lyric of last night. But yeah, I'm with you on that. I think uh, we're gonna get the win. I think the size advantage is going to be huge, and Darius Garland will not have another three of 12 stinker. I'll also say that uh, Lamar Stevens gets some first half run and that this win will go a long way toward upping their confidence ahead of Minnesota and Sacramento, both teams that obviously have had their, their struggles this year, but I think the Kings can have a turnaround at some juncture when they get healthy. And I think Minnesota is going to make the play in the West for sure. And when they get there with Pat Bev, Anthony Edwards with three blocks tonight, they're at full strength, you know, D'Lo, Cat. They're really starting to come along nicely. I, I think that they'll make some noise. But LA, closing thoughts uh, for this edition of Across the Cast before we say goodnight. The, the, the closing thought that I actually – I wanted to ask you a question real quick. Sure. Uh, we we seen, we seen tonight, um, and I think it's going to be uh, the next game as well, we seen um, Dylan Windler go down to the Canton um, – to the dang, I want to say Canton – uh, Cleveland Charge to the Cleveland yes. Charge, and um, it, it was something crazy enough that I tweeted out this morning. I said, "Man, I would love to see Dylan Windler go down to the Cleveland Charge to get some run, you know, because he, he, you know, we need to see him develop more." So I wanted to get your thoughts on that, and just how do you feel about that overall situation with Dylan Windler? Yeah. So first, I want to I appreciate the way you ask because it sounds like we're in a media session right now, and you're asking me as if uh, I'm sitting at the podium as if this is a real presser. So the way you worded that was fantastic and obviously means you've had a lot of experience with press conferences. And I, I can see you holding out your device right now, even though we're not actually doing a video call. <laughs> <laughs> but on a more serious note, I actually really like this for Windler. I had no idea he was in the G League until uh, my friend, who's actually a Sixers fan, but follow he covers the G League. And he really has been a big Dylan Windler guy since the Belmont days, maybe even before. Uh, sent me a snap of the fourth quarter, said Wendler's playing for the charge, playing really well. And so I was really happy to see that. And then based on his situation, his limited run, I think it's fantastic that he's getting that opportunity. I think that a lot of young guys just sit on the bench and don't get their reps. The reason so many first-round picks in the, the 2000s and uh, first half of the 2010s just didn't pan out not because they're bad. I mean, they're first round picks in the NBA for a reason. None of them were bad before they got there. They haven't learned the new league or how to play against these top level guys or the, the officiating and how to stay conditioned over a season that's two and three times as long as what they're used to from Europe or college. And if in the case where you were coming right from high school, maybe quadruple and not only playing 20 games in a high school season, depending where you attend. So for Windler, who missed his entire first season injured, came back last year, got hurt in the opener before eventually coming back again and playing okay, was hurt for the last month again, injured to start this year. He hasn't had the consistency, hasn't been able to stay as well. 
All I know about Dylan Wendler is that he and Dotson had the, the belt last year in the shooting contests and practice and that Dylan Wendler had three good games. And that's pretty much it. So I want him to be good. You know, we used the first round pick. It was an extra pick from a trade several years ago. I think it might have. I don't remember which one. I was looking at this recently, whether it was Burke, the Burks deal or the Shumpert to Sacramento deal. There was some trade they made where they got an extra pick. So they got yeah. that in a deal. So it's not like that was their main picks. They also got Garland in the same draft. But I, I just want to see him thrive. I want to see him confident. I just want to see Dylan Wendler smile for things he does on the court. Because, look, he's a great teammate. And that, but I, Although, if he doesn't add anything more, he's not getting a second contract, which would be a letdown for all of us. I highly doubt they pick up the option after this year if there even is one. I don't know his contract situation. We can talk about that another day. But to answer your question, I think it's great that he's getting time with the charge. I think he'll be a 2010 guy with them. And I think that that is what will get him confidence. But it will take an injury for him to see Cavs minutes again with all three big all four bigs i should say healthy so yeah absolutely and and windler was like kind of like crazy enough like when we drafted him i did like some extensive research on him and i was like man he could really be a dark horse because the thing about him that i like so much and everybody always talks about the shooting but the thing was that he was a hustler uh you know as far as a grinder on the floor and he was also a very, very good rebounder. And that's kind of one of the things that the Cavs struggle with um, when it comes to uh, rebounding, you know, defensive rebounding. We, we're we not that good in that right now, you know, as far as, you know, especially having all the length that we have on the floor. It's kind of weird to say that, you know, but we, we don't defensive rebound a lot um, that well. Uh, you know, because a lot of teams, you know, take three point shots and they're they're getting their own rebounds and stuff and putting it back up. And so I thought that that was something that he could really impact with us. And um, and then also, like I said, being, you know, being being able to have that uh, that space, you know, with him being the shooter. And so with the injuries um, and we know the one thing about J.B. Uh, Bickerstaff is that he he will play people that he trusts, right? So that's why we've seen Lamar Stevens uh, early. You know, that's why we've seen different people get plugged in here and there. But we didn't see Dylan get – we seen him try it, but then we seen Dylan didn't really step up to the plate. So then that's when we seen uh, his minutes diminish. You know what I mean? So um, I think that the – you know, I think they sent him down there to to be able to, like like you said, you know, get them polished off, you know, get them some run with the team. And then hopefully he can earn that trust back with the coach so that um, he can come back up and, and be able to contribute. And that's the good thing about having your G League team be in the same city because you can just kind of, you know, throw them down real quick and, you know, get them some run and then hopefully bring them back up. So I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing, you know, hopefully this is not the end for Windler. Uh, when it comes to the Cavs, but you know, I'm I'm going to be rooting for that guy because he just seems like a really great guy. Yeah, absolutely. And the and the last thing to add to what you said about moving the G League team, it's no longer an epic journey to fly seven hours from your G League team's destination to where your game is being played, and then you get minutes two arenas, two states, whatever, same day. Less like that because now it's just a short journey. But uh, LA, it has been a lot of fun, and I appreciate your time on Across the Cavs tonight. No, I appreciate you having me on as well, man. And and great conversation, man. Love what you do. 
like I said again, uh, you, I'm subscribed. So everybody out there that's listening, make sure you subscribe. This guy knows this stuff. Appreciate it. He's LA Broadus. I'm Zach Weiss. We will see you next time on Across the Cavs.